That Blues, Royal Blue family, you got Harry, you got Charlie, you got George now, George Hewitt in the midfield. How good are they looking? Burden stood up, Martin might kick the goal, kicks, rolls it through, Blues back in front. Cottrell, long one, Mackay in good marking shape, Motlock ground level, got his second in the quarter. Fisher gets another look at it and misses, no! Chera sweeps a handball forward. Can they finish? Grips from 52. Over the top. And bounces it through. Doherty. He's almost within range. He goes long. Monstrous. He's been the story of the season. The Blues are back, baby. G'day Blue Baggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. It's your host Jed here alongside Bolt. Bolt, welcome. How are we? Good mate, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. A fifth win in a row. First time in 23 years for the CFC. Going five in a row. Very pleasing just to get through Saturday um, with the four points, but I guess we didn't come through it unscathed, which is a bit disappointing, but just got to keep banking the points and we're Probably three wins away from where we want to be now at the end of the year. Yes. Uh, now, we will get to that. Don't you worry. Big LFC this week. Um, LFC's back. It's, 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 it's well and truly back. And there's going to be, well, a big addition of LFC at the back end of this show. Uh, Bolt, a comprehensive win over West Coast. 21-14, 140 to 10 9 69. Uh, an unfortunate result for Charlie. He lost to West Coast by a goal. <laughs> <laughs> First time in how many years since someone kicked 10 for us? In since in 28 years. Since, wow. Not since the premiership year of 95. Crazy. Crazy. So, Charlie Kernote. First 10, time I've been in the game live seeing someone kick 10. Yes. 10 goals, 3 for Charlie Kernow. His 10th uh, was a ripper as well. Beautiful yeah. around the oh, body. His 9th was pretty Yeah, his 9th was a lead as well. The goal... Which should have been his 10th where he hit the post. Yes. I was thinking, oh, God, you wouldn't want him to finish on nine. No. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Charlie, 10-3-63, losing to West Coast, 10-9-69. A tight contest, that one. But, uh, no, a ripping performance from Charlie Kerner. He was absolutely exceptional. Um, I don't even think... I mean, this is going to sound ridiculous. I don't even think that was the best game of his career. Well, no, I... It, yeah, well, there's been it's, it's some so game. Hard, it's so hard to grade game. It's so hard to take anything away from a game like that. Yeah, agreed. It, it's um, but no, he was absolutely unbelievable. Um, we'll get into individual player analysis, but Bolt, just your general thoughts on the game. Uh, is it concerning that we were up by eighty two points at half time and only ended up winning the game by seventy one? Is that? Oh, it felt like they put the cue in the rack a bit. No, of course. But I'm just asking, is that is that are you at all no. worried about the fact that we actually lost the second half? No. Didn't even know that until you said it. Oh, you didn't know that? No. Fair. We were, we were, yeah, we it lost. was a complete snooze fest at Marvel. It was one of the more boring games I've ever attended. If the full forward hadn't kicked 10, it would have been just a complete, like, have a nap type of day. It was bloody boring. It's hard to... It's hard to watch. It's just non-competitive. Well, and we had the injury. We were down to one on the bench as well, remember. 
for a large chunk of the game or two on the bench. So, Well, you were bizarrely and pretty ridiculously a bit nervous going into this game. Well, I kept saying the term, I've watched this movie before, which we have. We lost to the Wooden Spooners in 2019, 20 and 21. Now, I know this is almost a different breed of Wooden Spooner. Mate. But. Come on. Well, we had a lot of hours. It's just, I don't like when they get complacent. That game, it was feed up. It was. It was feed up when the fixture came out. Never mind <laughs> at one point in the... This was... Don't get me I, wrong. I, couldn't, I thought I we'd win believe, the game. Mate, you were... Yeah. I couldn't believe um, that you were even thinking about the possibility of not... Like, that was as feed up as you get. And it's nothing to do with us. Like, I think you got to take a step back and say, it's not to do with us. This is about them and where they're at. They were never going to be remotely close in that game. Yeah, well, and they weren't. And and trust me, trust me. I know they're as bad as I've ever seen in the league. I just don't like when Carlson's hands get a bit complacent. And they start drinking their own bath water. I don't think we were complacent no, at no, all. No, and we weren't. We, we absolutely compl- no, 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 crushed I'm just saying that's, that was my, Those were my concerns. I didn't want the game to be like that St. Kilda West Coast game two weeks ago. I didn't want it to be, you know, an arm wrestle and then we break free. We did exactly what we wanted. Kill the game at quarter time. Thanks for coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's get into the players. Uh, well, we started with Charlie. I mean, just a 10 out of 10 performance, 10 goals. He took eight marks. He had, uh, seven of them inside 50, five of them contested. Uh, they even threw Oscar Allen behind the ball in the second half to try and stop him because he kicked seven in the first half and it was just totally devastating. Um, 15 score involvement. He was just, it was, it was the Charlie Kerno game. I think I messaged you in the first quarter and said in many years time we're going to look back on this day and remember it as the Charlie game and I think it was every bit of that it was just the first half particularly was the Charlie show it was just you know the crowd was getting around it it was it had that feeling basically from the first bounce yeah. that the objective of the day was to get him to 10 goals for sure um, well as in obviously Jeremy McGovern went out and then Tom Barras was the laid out. So he was left with Bazo for company in the first quarter. And then what are your thoughts on swinging Oscar Allen to fullback? Uh, well, I guess they had to do something, but at the same time, it's their best player. Like, you're sacrificing your best player. I think player. it transcends a pretty ordinary message from their point of view. It's basically, I know they're not going to win the game either way with whatever happened with Oscar Allen, but it really is a tactical... It's... They're passively just throwing the game. Moving. They were down by 82 no, no, no. points at half saying, time. It's not gonna, well, they did it at quarter time. It's not going to make a difference either way. I'm just saying, it's just... I don't think it's a great look. I don't love it, but... Yeah, as in Bazos, obviously, he's had him, he's had Charlie twice this year, just completely out of his depth. It's not even funny. But, um, yeah, it, oh, look... And that other guy, what, what's number 19? Brady Hoff. Oh, my God. Hoff. There were a lot of times in that match where... Well, he also had Kerno a bit early in the first. There arc. were a lot of moments where they were moving forward and, you know, we'd rebound out. He'd get the kick in and then just completely cook the kick. Yeah. Oh, poor boy. How tall is Brady Hoff? He couldn't be that big. Oh, I mean, mate. This is, you can't pinpoint this on him. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Um... All right. But Kerno, yep, just completely dominant. Clear best on ground three votes for Charlie and great to see him kick 10. And 
get a gap in the Coleman medal standings. It's now, I would say, a seven-goal gap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tex kicked four today, yes. three in the last quarter. A uh, couple injuries, Bolt, two being forward, Silvani and Motlop. Now, Motlop kicked two and had ten uh, to half time. He was looking very, very good. Silvani had a ripping first quarter, kicked an unbelievable goal. Like, oh, rove that walked, pack. Walked, oh, he just walked out. Beautifully. Yeah, just walked it out. Um, both of them are injured. And I guess at this point in time, there's we don't there's no confirmation on how serious it is, but it's not looking great really for either of them. It's looking like Motlop uh, was a calf and Silvani a jarred knee. There were two reports today. One was that Silvani could be out for the year and then the other one that it was on the lower end. Uh, what are your thoughts on these? And I've only heard the report with Silvani. It was on the minor end. Um, so I- I'm not sure. As in, it's very hard to comment without knowing. Well, Silvani's a crucial point of this team without Mackay. Yep. Like, no, completely he crucial. He is. And without Pitonet. No, no. Well, Pitonet's probably the man that comes in. But, well, Martin will probably just come in. But, no, Silvani's a huge out. And Silvani's been playing really well. It's... It's a big out for us. He's very, he's a very important cornerstone of this team. And Motlop, well, yep, he was looking dangerous, but he's replaceable. Uh, well, is he though? I mean, who have we got waiting to well, come in? I think Owies is going to be ready to come in. If Owies isn't, yep. then who comes in? Because I, well, I, 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 I disagree. I don't think you can say he's replaceable considering... Motlop's been terrible all year. I'm not disagreeing with that, but the last two weeks he's been pretty good yep. and he's also a lot better than the other options we've got no, waiting no, in is. the wings. He is. Because Josh Honey played. Yeah, he's disgusting. Um, and he, in an ideal world, won't play next week. But He, he prob- won't play he next... Probably, he, won't, he won't be on our list. But he probably will play next week if Motlop doesn't get up and if Owies doesn't get up. Yeah. Even if Owies does get up. Like, yeah. it's tough to see them... He probably will. I, I, I don't... Motlop being out doesn't really keep me up at night. Hopefully, Owies comes in and that will be that. Um... Ooh, who else? Uh, there are a lot of... Let's well, speak, it, about, it let's a, speak about Fogarty. Yeah, it was probably one of Fogarty's more quieter games, but he um, oh, well, he still popped up. He still laid seven tackles. He brings the heat. He does the shit. He, he's having he a really good... He does the things that you don't acknowledge. Yeah, no, he's, he's don't having see. a really, really good... Oh, he's been great since he's come and he hasn't missed Six a beat. Six score involvement, seven tackles, three clearances, three inside 50s. Um, yeah, I thought he was pretty good. Um is that really the forward sort of? Well, Ed Kerno was playing a bit forward mid as yeah. well. Um, he was, yeah, he was okay. Um, not Charlie's brother. <laughs> no, no, yeah, well, Charlie's brother. Well, really, after on Saturday, Charlie's brother. But no, he was, he was, he wasn't. He was fine. Didn't have an issue with him. Um, forward uh, midfield. Sorry, start with the ruckman. He was really good again to Conning. It's two very very good games from Tommy. Um, no, I can't fault him. I'm a bit stiff. He didn't hit the scoreboard. He missed a few chances, but um, he was really, really good. He looked a bit. He was looked a bit more aggressive at the stop at stoppages. Um, and like Bailey Williams is no stouch, uh, as in he's been pretty good yeah, this year. Yeah, William and Williams was pretty good on the weekend, but the Conning definitely got the better of him. Um, you know, nine clearances is a really, really good return with five follow up tackles. Um, the Conning was very good. It's two very, very good weeks. Walsh, this is a monster injury. Well, I'm keen to talk about Walsh because Sam Walsh is first. I'm not sure how long he was on the ground for, but let's say 30 minutes. I'm going to make a comment here, which is going to blow your mind. Actually, no, I'm going to save it for later in the show. The comment I'm going to make. No, save it. No, 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 because you'll see why I'll save it for later. But Walsh's first, you know, 30 minutes on the ground 
were as good as you'll ever see Sam Walsh play. It was absolutely bonkers. It was unbelievable. It was incredible. He was pirouetting. He was turning. He was moving. He was he was at, he was literally the term witches hats is used a lot in football, and he was literally treating them like witches hats. It was absolutely bonkers. He what do you have? He had fourteen disposals in his cameo on the field. He kicked a goal. He had four clearances. Tell me the score involvements because I saw it come up on the board midway through the first or second quarter, and he was le- he was right there. So, he had a goal. Th- this is in a quarter and a half. Yeah, a- not even a half. Like a quarter and 10 minutes. A goal, three direct goal assists, yeah. and nine score involvements. It was bonkers. He was bonkers. And he went at 100% disposal efficiency. He was absolutely <laughs> 100% incredible. 100% disposal. He was ridiculous. Uh, it's as well as I've ever seen Sam Walsh play, and it's a shame he went off. Not only for us going forward in the next couple of weeks, but for him, because this would have been one of the most ridiculous individual games of the season. It was he was bonkers. <laughs> he was bonkers. At quarter time, you made a big call. Yeah, I did. What was it? I was what probably the best I've ever seen him play. I think you said that was almost the best quarter you've ever seen a midfielder play it was, live. It was crazy. He was crazy. He actually treated them like he was playing under twelves. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it, it, I, I can't disagree. It was. It was incredible, um, but a massive out. And it's looking like that'll be a couple of weeks at least. Yeah, for sure. Um, Hewitt? Hewitt was very good as well. Hewitt had a really good game. 10 clearances. So he got back at the coalface doing what he does best. Yep, 10 um, score involvements as well. You know, it was a good, very Six good game. 50s. Very good game for Hewitt. It's, it's very good for Hewitt to get a game like that under his belt before a really big period for him and our team as well. Acres. Um, yeah, yeah, he was all right. Yeah, he was all right. He was neither here nor there. Cunningham. Cunningham was pretty good, I thought. Yep. Uh, no, I liked I liked Cunningham's game. Seven score involvements, a couple clearances, five tackles. He just does, similar to Fogarty, he does the grunt work, Cunningham, and yeah, he's yeah, definitely one of our better ball users. Um, I, liked, I liked his game. Cottrell. Cottrell, Cottrell was, yeah, a bit in the same vein as Akers, neither here nor there. He missed, you know, he probably missed a couple of shots he should have kicked, and he, if he kicks those two goals, it's a really good game. That's the fine line in football, but um, no, didn't have an issue with Cottrell either. It's very hard to have, like, it's very hard to take things away from this open training session. It's very tough. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, Hollands. Hollands wasn't great. Hollands kind of picked up where he left off before he got injured, I feel. I feel like he's just lacking a little bit of composure with ball in hand. He's just got to... He positions himself really well. He, I think he gets the role. He gets the game. But he's just... He's disposal. Lacks a bit of polish. He's di- yeah, he, yeah, that is exactly what he... That's exactly what he lacks. Just a little bit of polish by foot. He doesn't make... Yeah, he does make some really big errors. It's, I can see it's tough. I don't think he's been playing great, but we'll see how he goes. Uh, well, Paddy Dow, Paddy Dow. Yeah, he was atrocious. Nah, that's a bit stiff. He wasn't atrocious. He wasn't very good. <laughs> he wasn't very good. Um, he was going at 36% disposal efficiency at halftime. He finished, ended with like yeah. 52 or something. Finished on 56 Eight direct turnovers. Efficiency. It's same old, same old. Kicked a goal. I clapped a goal. 
I was mature about it. I clapped. But um, he did kick a goal. Had six score involvements, seven clearances, eight inside fifties. The stats are. I don't well. have an issue with his clearance game. He, he's got a he's got a nice sidestep. His clearance game's fine. His clearance game's good, but his ball use is a joke. Hmm. And his ball use has never improved whilst he's been at Carlton. It has never ever progressed or gotten better. Does he play next week? Um, I wouldn't have thought so. Doherty. Oh. Doherty was very good. Yeah, Doherty was great, I thought. Um, yeah, I'd go as far as saying it was one of... I don't know, you can't take a whole lot out of this game, but it was, it was, I think, one of his best performances for the year, Doherty. Yeah, well, he played at, he played at half-back, but he was taking he was kind of playing on the ball and taking a lot of stoppages yeah. around the grounds. He ended with like nine, clear, nine or ten clearances. Mate, nine score involvements, nine clearances, 12 inside 50s. So he was, dri- he was driving the ball forward. Seven marks, eight tackles, I think is a big number for Doc. Yep. Um, and obviously, 29 disposals at 90% efficiency. So, he was exceptional. Um, that's the midfield done. Let's turn our attention to the defense. And Bolt, your boy, he's playing very good football, Mr. Chincotta. Yes, Chincotta. Yes, he's um, your boy. Yeah, no, I like Chincotta. He's good. He's good, Chincotta. He he gets it. He he he'll be a staple in this team. He won't. twelve disposals at a hundred percent efficiency. He kicked a goal, had four score oh. involvements, four marks, three tackles. Uh, defensively, was very very good, one on one, and he just was very good. He's great. It's like the second coming of Nick Diagon, Alex Chincotta. Um, he's going very well. He obviously very lucky to have escaped concussion. Hopefully, there's no delayed concussion in there from mm. that little twit who tackled him over the f- boundary line. Um, but no, I-, I love the way Chincotta plays. I think he's quite a good player. I do. I uh, like him a lot. Newman. Because he-, he actually gives a fuck as well, Chincotta. He- he's good. He's good. I really like him. Yes, I agree. Newman. Yeah, Newman was good again. Very good again. McGovern, I thought, played well. Um, yes. Didn't do a whole- like, Didn't have a whole lot of involvement in the game, but he didn't really need to at the same time. Well, how many, how many inside 50s did West Coast have? Uh, West Coast had, as we get it, well, uh, 43. Okay, so it's not a, it's a decent-ish number. Yeah, 43 inside 50s for 19 shots at goal. Um, you know, McGovern was fine. Um, he was fine. Wietering. Wietering was very good. Wietering was very good. Um, continues a very, very a stunning run of form, to be honest. Yeah, he's... Since that Sydney game, I think. Yeah, he was good in Sydney. Probably since quarter time of the Sydney game. He's yeah, been so very the, good. The Sydney game was the turning point. Yeah, no, he's, he was great that night. and um, Which has coincided with, I guess, when Young was, since Young has fallen out well, of the Well, Young team. didn't play that game. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Um, no, Wittering's been great. And the replacement of Young, Mr. Kemp. Yes, Kemp was good again. What do you say? He took 11 marks. Jesus Christ. Uh, um, I, I thought he was exceptional, to be honest. Um, I mean, you know, we keep saying it hard to take anything out of this game, but I actually thought this was as good as we've seen Brody Kemp play, and there were a lot of signs in this game which just got me excited for the future. I think he's a really good player, Bolt. I know, I know you're not totally 100% no, no, no. I, sold. I like Brody Kemp. I'm not sold as him being a centre-half back. Where do you think... He, what? what? I, I think he should be a little bit... Looser. It, it's like if we come up against... It depends who he's playing. I've, I, I've liked the way we've been using him the last couple of weeks. But I, I think if you go into a game like... 
Well, let's use Collingwood as an example. Big game. Yeah, but, well... Okay, that's a, that is a good example. So, you would assume with Cox, McStay, and Majacek, he's probably... Wiedering historically takes the Majacek matchup. Mm. Historically. Which leaves Kemp probably playing on... I think Kemp might get McStay. And I, I don't love that. I don't love that. Mm. Do you get what I mean? I, I don't think he's ready to tackle those types of players yet. I don't think we can throw him to Cox. No, well, not Cox. Do you get what I mean? But there's I, a clear height difference McStay's there. McStay's a big fella as well. I agree. I, as in, if I'm looking at Collingwood and Kemp... That's yeah. who you're isolated. Do you yeah, get what I mean? That's yeah. why I don't have an issue so with Kemp. you'd prefer him on Ash Johnson. You, yes, that type of a player. Yeah. I'd prefer him on a Gunston. That type of... I'd prefer him on a Membry. I don't want him taking a real... You know, a one or two defender. And it's weird because he probably... In terms of height demographic and body weight, he probably matches up well on Majacek, the best out of the three of them, which they might do. Yeah, well, they definitely will do that. But over the years, it's always been Wiedering on Majacek. So- You feel Wiedering has to go to Cox when he's down there. I still think he's their most dangerous player in the forward I think McGovern will play on Cox only because they'll see that as an opportunity for McGovern to peel off Cox. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's. Do you know what I mean, though, with Kemp? It's like, do you get what I'm trying to say? It's like you know when you sometimes he's just quite not. And look, he's so inexperienced and young still, but he, he's taken really good strides. He's a lock in the team. Do not get me wrong, he won't exit the team. But it's just sometimes I'm a little bit wary of him. Um, Kemp. Yes. Um, Sadi. Sadi was very good again. Sadi was good. Actually, now that you say that, didn't I can't really I didn't notice him a whole lot. But uh, what I did notice is I think yesterday the the you know what I think of yesterday with Adam Sard's game was his disposal rather than his defence, which is a good thing. I think his disposal yesterday was really good. Um, some great kicks, I guess, coming out of D fifty. Didn't have to do a whole lot of defending. Like didn't really have to do any any defending. No, no. No, no, no. Side was good. It's once again, it's very hard to be bad when you're playing the under twelves from Perth. Um, hopefully, they all got their mother's permissions to take the flight um, over. And then the other one was Lockie Cowan. Uh, yes, I don't think he's up to it at the moment. I really don't think he should be in the team. I, I think I'd prefer to play Plowman. I'm happy to say that publicly. Yeah. See, I think we disagree. Well, I'd prefer to play Marchbank. Oh, yeah, same. Um, I just don't think Cowan's there yet. Yeah, it, it's tough to say because... But like, there's, there's no insult in playing a first-year player in the twos for a couple of years. Oh, no, 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 hang oh, on. I, I, I don't have an issue with playing him in the twos. Um, yeah, I don't know what I think of Cowan. I think he's had... Like, yesterday was... I, I don't look at yesterday's game and say, oh, I don't think he's up to the level. I just say I didn't really see him. I don't know. I think it's a bit harsh. I just think you look at, you know, people that have come into his position over the past couple of years that have come from very, maybe nothing backgrounds. And you look at guys like Boyd and Chincotta and they can do, you know, you might not notice them a lot, but you kind of know what they're good at. You kind of know where we can rely on Boyd and Chincotta. We haven't got that with Cowan. That's fair. That that's that. You know what? That's a fair comment. 
We don't know yet, I guess, what his complete strengths are. I think in the first six weeks of this year, we could rely on him for a bit of crash, crash the pack, a bit of bash and crash, yeah. grunt. Um, I, I guess pretty good mark inside the contested mark. I think he's going to be a contested defender. I think that's you look at him. I don't think yeah. he's going to be like an uncontested footballer. No, no, I agree. It, it's look, and I get it. We've got no Williams and Boyd at the moment. Um, I know. I, I just think for a big game like this, Plowman probably probably isn't the answer. But I just think if you had to toss him up, I think that's where I'd go. Or if not Marchbank, he can play a bit smaller. It's it, it's a very interesting selection dilemma they do have there. Hmm. But yeah, and then um. Who else have we... And then obviously our substitute who was activated very early, Lewis Young. I thought he was absolutely appalling. Up forward. Oh, he just got in the way. He, he did these like soccer kicks out of the air. He did that handball to a Patrick Grass. He was just, oh my God. Just a complete mess. Played completely out of position. He did. He did. But it's a position that he was kind of familiar with at the dot. He's kind of played everywhere across well, his career. It, yeah, but I mean... Is Lewis Young, and this is incredibly harsh. I don't think he is, but I think this. I think you might think he is. Yeah. Do you think he's a jack of all trades, master of none? <laughs> is that no? Like, no, I don't I, think I, he is. I think Silvani's that. I don't oh. think like Lewis Young. Oh. we've spoken about Silvani being that. Like, I don't think he is. I think Silvani's an outstanding third tour forward. If we were playing anyone else yesterday, you'd be screaming your head off at some of the shit Young was doing. Yeah, but the fact is we were playing West Coast. I know. (laughs) But the fact is we could be... Imagine if that happened next week. But I think we did a lot of things yesterday, which we would just never do. For sure. Like, mate, if we're playing Collingwood, there's no way Lewis Young's playing forward. Like, we're just not doing that. We would have, though. I don't think... We would have done that against Collingwood. Like, what if Silvani went off at that point of the game? They would have definitely played Young. I don't yeah. think that was a matter of the opposition. Well, I'll tell you what, they won't be doing it now. <laughs> you can't do it now. Well, I just think you'd Thoughts move. On- I, I just think if that's the case, you move Young back and put McGovern forward. Hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I just think that would be the more sensible option after we saw it trialed yesterday. All right, BNF votes. Yep. Give us a five, four, three, two, one this week. This is where I'm going to save my content. Five, Charlie Curno, Four, Sam Doherty. Three, George Hewitt. Two, Tom DeConning. One, Sam Walsh. <laughs> he gets in the top five yesterday. It was that crazy. Quarter five, and a half. Top five or f- 35 minutes of football. Yep. Easily. Yep. I'm, go- I'm rolling with it. Sam Walsh is getting my one vote. <laughs> he was that good. He was that good. But I think that's for me. Curno, Doherty, Hewitt, DeConning, Walsh. Okay. I'm going... Kerno, Doherty, uh, Kemp. Uh, Kerno, Doherty, Kemp, Newman, Chincotta. I really liked his game. Really, 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 really liked his game. He's good. Um, Doesn't miss a beat. Let's leave it at that. Uh, Bolt, no Twitter questions this week. We'll take a quick week off because I think next week's going to be an explosion. Regard- <sighs> if we win or lose, either way, next week's going to be an explosion. So we'll take a, a little It's always going to be a low-key episode because, you know, we're reporting after yeah. a training session. Yes, we did. But it, it's, it, <laughs> We are, but it's, it, it's exciting. Five in a row. 
the back half of the season is obviously we're in, we're into the run home now. Yes. So wait on for LFC. Yes. Very quick VFL review. And just by the way, I opened up the V. I didn't get to watch the game um, yesterday, but I looked. I was looking at the scores last night of what happened around the competition. Bolt. Yep. Going through the scores, Williamstown beating Essendon by a goal, lovely. Richmond, you know, losing to Box Hill by three points. Uh, Brisbane played Geelong. Coburg played Casey. All pretty reasonable scores. And then you look down, and I couldn't believe that I... I I didn't know if this was an error or not. The Footscray Bulldogs beat the Northern Bull Ants, who obviously we were formally aligned to. They they won 161-4. to I don't think I've ever seen a team not kick a goal before. Yeah, it, it, there's a big issue at VFL level, and I guess we saw a yeah. few years ago Coburg and then Frankston were the same, then Frankston left the league, came back. There's a big issue with the VFL right now, and I think the easy solution to this is just making it a national reserves competition. The other thing is the Northern Bullants lost their clear best player in Luke Ryan's cousin, Brandon Ryan, the key forward who got drafted in the mid-season draft, and that's killed them. Okay, yeah. I'm just saying that's another... <laughs> the mid-season draft can cook a team. He got Fair. picked up by... Um, was it West Coast? Or no, oh. maybe it was Frio. No, hang on. I've gone completely blank here, but... Um, oh, Hawthorne. Okay. Got picked up by the Hawks. Um, yeah, like... Yeah, oh, it's tough. But I guess that happens around... I don't think it's just that. I just, I just think... When you lose your best player, then no, you have a new to goal. But I guess, you know, other clubs that had that in the mid-season draft as well. Yeah. But it's just, I, I don't know. The VFL- there was a year where, um, was there, a, it was either, I think it was Williamstown where they lost, like, where, not they lost. Well, yeah, they lost, but six or seven of their players got drafted. It was yes, the year where, yes. like, Brett Bewley got picked. Yep, and Schultz. Um, yeah, and Schultz. Yes, I, I, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I think they lost, like, six or seven players that year. Was and- Gibbons from Willie? No. Was it, Gibbons was from Werribee? Maybe it was Werribee. I think... No, no, I, th- I reckon Gibbons was from Williamstown. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. Gil- yeah, Gibbons was Willie. Um, yeah, speaking of VFL, it was a 36-point win for the Carlton Reserves over Port Melbourne. 15-15-105 to 10-9-69. O'Brien had 29, uh, three behinds, 10 marks, six tackles, but best on ground... Uh, in my opinion, was the man who we've been waiting to see all year, Jackson Bins, another 30 disposals, kicked a goal, six marks, three tackles. Uh, it, 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 it's just like clockwork. It's just clinical. He's so consistent. So like, I don't know Good. if we've... Good. No, it, it's it's great. And I'm happy to keep seeing it. Like, I don't necessarily have an issue if he doesn't play in the AFL team no, this year. I couldn't care less. But the fact that he's been so consistent is great. elite to see. It's a testament to him. Pitternet played, he and he got a, a two-year contract during the week. Yeah, and, and and it's deserved. We've seen some signs. You know, he's clearly. Well, I think they're just, they've got faith in him. You know, they just this is part of the apprentice. The good teams do this. You know, you really play your trade and you get on top of your game, so that when you come up to the AFL level, you shouldn't feel that jump as much as mm. others would. Uh, Pitternet, a goal, sixteen disposals, twenty hitouts. Marchbank had twenty-nine disposals, nine marks. Uh, Plowman had 20, Sam Durden had 16, a couple of injuries bolt. Yes. So, well, Corey Durden's well, the sorry, one I heard. Hudson O'Keefe, uh, two goals. Lemmy had a goal. 
Also um, got a new contract, one-year extension. Yes, yes, he did. Dom, seven disposals. And then the two injuries. So Corey Durden was injured, uh, went off, at, I think, in the first quarter with a shoulder. Well, I haven't heard much talking about it, but the guy sitting in front of me at the football told me during the game that he said he popped his shoulder and they were saying season done for Durden. Oh. That's, what he, that's what I was told, but he wasn't Dr. Peter Larkins, so I, I don't okay, know. Okay, so fingers crossed that's not the case because... If Motlop's injured, that would have been the preferred replacement. Yeah. Um, and then Jack Carroll, who was flying at quarter time, I think he had eight touches in the first quarter, finished on ten. So I'm going to presume that he was. I'm going to assume that he was injured. Um, yeah, which is a bit annoying because he was also hitting some really good form in the VFL. And with all of our injuries in the midfield, would have probably been a look in next week. Um, probably not. Could have been as the sub. Maybe. Like, he could have easily been the sub this week. Probably should have been. No, I didn't mind it, given we went so small. And we were kind of, I guess, vindicated. We've, we've yeah. lost the structural. I didn't, I, didn't have an, I didn't have an issue of Young being the sub. Mm. But yeah, that is the VFL review. Um, and as we take a look at the ladder, we are back in the eight. No, we're not. Well, we're in the wild card <laughs> zone. In the wild card spot. No, I'm saying in the VFL. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I you're talking about the baggers. No, 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 no. Well, they are still the baggers. All right, Bolt, LFC. Well, LFC, LFC. Well, obviously, the big part of LFC is the fact that we won. And when I do my predictions and the formulas and we go through the ladder, I actually think I got nine tips this week. So everything I expected to happen, happened. And um, that's not necessarily a good thing, but it means I've got us finishing in the eight come the end of the year as we sit here right now. And the results I've got happening all happened this week, which is... So rest assured, nothing out of the extraordinary happened this week, which is good. Um, obviously, I think the Bulldogs winning on Friday night was very good. Yep. Richmond coming from five goals down at three-quarter time isn't very good. Um, mm. Brisbane winning was good. Probably could have killed a bit more Geelong percentage, and it would have made that a bit more interesting. Um, Sydney winning probably just keeps them a little bit alive, but um, I don't think that'll be an issue. And then obviously the big Super Sunday. The Giants winning was expected, but obviously not ideal. Melbourne winning at the death was huge over the Crows. Real dagger for Adelaide. And obviously, well, North Melbourne nearly were... Well, they nearly produced an oh, LFC miracle. Well, North Melbourne nearly got oh like OAMs for their efforts today for the <laughs> LFC cause. But um, no, North Melbourne so bef- ended up being doing what North Melbourne does best and losing. So before, geez, so, before we look at uh, next week, let's take a look at the ladder. So, Collingwood sitting on top. They are two games clear of Port Adelaide. Uh, Brisbane are sitting in third and Melbourne in fourth. Brisbane, obviously, a game behind Port and then Melbourne, a game behind Brisbane. So, the top four are two games clear of the Bulldogs sitting in fifth on 40 points. Now, St. Kilda and GWS are also on 40 points. Yep. Well, this is the long jam. Separated by 4.2% as well, those three you, teams. You, you analyze this ladder for us. You're the chief of LFC. Well, the ladder is very relevant now from about fifth. I'm going to put a nail in Fremantle. From fifth to 14th, there are two games separating fifth and 14th, which is just absolutely crazy. That's 10 teams. More than half the competition is separated by two points, either side of the eight. Bulldogs and Kilda Giants, all at 10 and 8, separated by 4.2%. That's crazy tight. Then comes in 8th, 9th, and 10th, Geelong, Carlton, and Richmond, all on the same amount of points as well. All three teams have had the draw. 
So that leaves Richmond in 10th. Two points. Half a game off the Bulldogs in 5th. Which is just... It's, I've never seen anything like it. Then the Essendon are two points further back in 11th. Which is still half a game out of the 8th. And then two points behind Essendon is Sydney. And then two points behind Sydney is Adelaide and the Gold Coast. Who are you know, two games out of the 8th. Six points. It is just ridiculously tight. But as we look to next week... Um, five rounds to go. It's getting to the pointy end. It really is. It's getting majorly to the pointy end. Now, I'm just going to ask the questions that everyone wants to know. We're going to go through each match. Now, before we do, at what point does LFC... So, using this last week that's gone by as an example, we watched Collingwood versus Port Adelaide together last night. Yeah. You were barracking... For the pies from an LFC point of view, in terms of we well, don't. I we, also put money on them at three quarter time. Fair, sorry, I did forget that. Yeah. Um. Basically, basically, you were barracking for the pies, um, which is fair enough because obviously you're of the opinion you'd rather get them off a win than a loss. Yeah. I was barracking for Port Adelaide because why the why would you want Collingwood to win? I don't like when Collingwood wins at all. Trust me, I do not. But I so, think I think in sport. You're at your most vulnerable when you're comfortable. And Collingwood now sit two games and clear percentage at the top of the ladder. It's virtually a three-game buffer. And that's what I like to call comfortable. But I guess my question and the reason I brought that up is at what point does LFC, LFC's requirements surpass what we actually want as Carlton fans, which is naturally for Collingwood and Essendon to No, because naturally week. as Carlton fans, we want what's best for Carlton. Yes, but we also want Collingwood and Essendon to lose unless it's sure. like a complete 100%. direct in, correlation with us. Collingwood's going to finish top anyway. But I, I think you'd rather, you know, if Collingwood, I'd rather give Collingwood that reality check rather than mm. someone else, rather than them getting the reality check before they play us. And then it's like, oh shit, this is what we may need to alter. This is what we may need to adjust. I just think getting them, you know, in a very comfortable state might make them a little bit vulnerable if something different's thrown at them. Mm. It was the same with Port Adelaide. Yeah, but they were like... No, they were they 30, were, they were, they were 38 they weeks They were like as They were as extremely comfortable as you could possibly yeah. get in the history of the AFL. They were. Like, <laughs> Collingwood's three games on top with five games to go. Yeah. They're going to drop one. It probably won't be well, Friday will they, night. Will they though? Like, will well, they? maybe they won't. Mate, they've got us, Hawthorne. They'll probably drop the Geelong or the Brisbane game. And then Essendon. Yeah, it's not a great run in. It's a tough run in. Yeah. Like, I don't think they will be comfortable at all. I think that Collingwood Just in team, terms of their ladder position, they know they can, you know, if they lose, it's not the end of the world. I don't know. See, I think, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. I think I'd rather get them off a loss. Bit bit, bit rattled that they've lost a big game. Like I just a bit, think it, a bit just shaky think, all week. Wouldn't want to lose two in a row. I Coming up against the you up a five in a row blues, like... I don't know. Coming off a win, imagine how much confidence they have right now. Yeah, no, no. You, you don't they, want they to be do. playing against a team who's playing with that much confidence. For sure. But they're going to have that. They've always got that belief instilled anyway. But we've got them this week. It's okay. probably going to be one of the most hyped games of the season. You've we'll been, go through LFC. You've been calling it a sizzling hot pot. It's going to be a hot pot at the MCG on Friday night. Uh, let's go through the games and you tell us what needs to happen. GMHBA Stadium on Saturday, Geelong and Fremantle. Well, obviously on Friday night, we need the Blues to win for LFC. Oh, hang on. Yeah, well, let me, let's skip that. <laughs> uh, Cats, Dockers. We're Fremantle. Bulldogs, GWS at Mars. Oh, now this. 
Is this, this is this the LFC game this week? This is LFC game of the round. Is it? Yep, this is game of the round. Well, that's telling because there's a few. GWS are the big ones. Because everywhere I get, everywhere I look, it still looks like Carlton GWS will be winner goes in last round of the year. Yeah. It will be horrible viewing at Marvel, but that's just the reality. It's going to happen again, most likely. We want the dogs to win this. The dogs have a very soft run in. They're so going, just, the dogs are going to make it. So we're going to say dogs are made it. They're already in. Yep. Push them aside. Let's get them another win. Yep. GWS, let's push them down. Which is why we wanted the Bulldogs to beat Essendon last week. Okay. We, we, need, the, we need the Giants to lose this. Okay. It's been a very good few weeks for LFC. Might I well, add. it's just nothing's gone drastically wrong. Yes. Adelaide would have been drastically wrong. It would have been. Okay. It, it, nothing's gone as wrong as that Bulldogs Melbourne game last year at Marvel, where yeah, Ugo well, Hagen kicked six out of his ass. Yeah, well, that was the game. Uh, Gold Coast Brisbane uh, in Gold Coast. We obviously want Brisbane to win that, yep, but not, we'll that it, not that it will make much of a no, difference. No, no, I'd nail in the coffin for the Suns. Essendon Swans at Marvel. This is the beauty. We want the Swans to win this. Okay, I like that. I like when we want Essendon or Collingwood no, to lose. We want the Swans. And then the showdown, Adelaide against Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval. Yep, it's going to be a great game. Um, we want Port Adelaide to win. What a game of football. It'll be great. Like, that is as big as the Carlton Collingwood game in terms of, I yeah, guess... Over there it is, for sure. Oh, it's even bigger over there. Yeah, yeah. But, um, Hawthorne and Saints. We're Hawthorne. Yes. Uh, Richmond and Melbourne from the G. This is... We're definitely Melbourne. Yeah, this is an interesting Richmond's one. Richmond's a... Richmond's Richmond are lurking. It's a watch this space because they're also going to go into the last round needing to beat Port in Port to make it. Yeah, so, they really. should they should be live until the end. They're Richmond. lurking. Uh, and then West Coast North is obviously, that's the tease of the round that we, I'm assuming... North of, West Coast are favourites. Hmm. Surely not. Gamble responsibly. <laughs> um, Bolt, is there any other LFC business to attend to? Um... No, not so much so. Um, we've just got to keep... Look, I still think the line is 12 wins or for us, 12 and a half. I still think that's going to be... For the teams that don't have the draw, it's going to be 12 and percentage. Mm. It's going to be a percentage game. But for us, it's going to be... We need th- we need to go three and two from here. Still, the goalposts haven't changed from three weeks ago. Yeah, and that game, I think, is against St Kilda is just becoming even bigger every week as we get better and they get worse. Yeah, well, we just got to make sure we get those points. I don't care where the game, the wins come from. Just win three of the last five. But obviously, you look at the fixture and you look at Collingwood and Melbourne being clearly the hardest two. The other three are all complete banana peel games. They almost feel like three bogey games. The Gold Coast over there is the game. Gold Coast on the Gold Coast and St Kilda and Marvel, complete bogey games for us. Complete bogey games. And then the Giants game is going to be a knockout final. So it's if go- we win the other two, yeah. it's a big if. It's going to be a... Re- but, you know, I look at Melbourne. I think Melbourne's a pretty winnable game. Possibly. I think it's a very winnable game, in well, fact. it depends who plays, mate. Like, if Walsh is back and if... Yeah, I, I don't... Chera and Cripps are firing and, yeah, you know, if all these well, guys they'll, are they'll be, they'll be there for that. Yeah. I think we've been playing better than Melbourne. Hmm. Well, think- we have won five in a row by 50 plus. It's yeah, hard to argue. I think Melbourne's a very winnable game. For us, Melbourne haven't been that impressive this year. They haven't. They're I think playing as well as they played in the back half of last is year. Is it fair to say they're now the clear seed four out of the top four teams? One hundred, one hundred percent, no doubt about it's that. A big sort of division in the ladder right now between 
the top three and then fourth, but then the top four and the next or the rest of the ladder. I'm happy to sit here at round 19 and say first week of finals will be Collingwood, Melbourne and Port Adelaide versus Brisbane, the two qualifying finals. Yeah. I think that will just be what happens. But Melbourne would almost, you know, you get your MCG qualifying final. So, but for us, we've just got to keep going. Just got to keep going. I still think our likely destination is seventh, mm. um, which feels weird, but I'd love to end up there. But that's going to be very interesting. We just got to, we just, look, if we win on Friday night, oh my God. Okay. Going to zip through team changes yep. and then another episode in the books. Now, it looks like Motlop and Silvani and Walsh will all yep. not get up. They won't play. Uh, we're looking at Owies if he's fit. Yeah. If not. Well, they're saying Owies should be fine. Okay, so Owies in for Motlop. Is it going to be Pedernet for Silvani? I think it'll be Martin for Silvani. Martin for Silvani and then Walsh. Who, what happens with Walsh? They're going to need to bring a midfielder in. No, Chera will come in for so Walsh. So Chera for Walsh. Okay, then who goes out for Cripps? Dow. Dow goes out for Cripps. Who else is coming back in? Is there anyone else? Well, then just well, I, well, you think about the out for Silvani. It's who's, who's going to second ruck if Young or Pittanet doesn't play. So if Pittanet comes in, would that possibly be for Josh Honey? Yep. I think it'll be Martin for Honey and then Pittanet slash Young for Silvani. Okay. I think that's the way we go. Mm. I think that Seems makes- Seems relatively straightforward. That so makes Ed the Kano most sense. Remains in over Dow? I think so bit more, I guess, versatility that he can play forward. Yep. I think that will be the go. It is too early in the week to even speak about team change. It is. Just because we don't know where all these guys are at. We don't know if Owies is going to play. We don't know how serious Motlop or Silvani are. And I don't know about Chincotta's delayed concussion, potentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, obviously, we spoke about the possibility of Plough- uh, of Marchbank for, for um, Cowan. Cowan. Yeah. I actually think McGovern should play forward this week. I really do. Hmm. Might have to do a Twitter spaces when teams come out this week. It might be the return just for a quick one. We'll see. Maybe. Hard to, hard Maybe. To, it's hard to preview this game with no, this early is. in the well, week. Well, yeah. Well, there's just so much action at team selection. Yeah. Bolt, another episode in the books. Thank you. Yes. Enjoy your Friday night as well. You too. Um, War in the stands, blood on our hands. War in the stands. Beat the scumbags. So you're declaring war in the stands for a second time this year. Yeah. Well, we were hapless when we played them in round 10. We were terrible. And um, hopefully it's a better response. Once again, we know what they did to us last year. They are exceptional. They are very (laughs) good. They are so good. They're a very good team, but it's Carlton Collingwood. Anything happens in these games. Completely agree. Bolt, thank you. Smash them. Oh, if we we win on Friday night. Oh, boy. We'll be back next week. Oh, boy. Go Blues. We win. Five in a row. If we win. Oh, if we win, it's going to... Imagine Daniel Goringer's video the night of the game if Carlton beat Collingwood. He's so funny. That'll be crazy. He'll probably go on Instagram. I reckon it'll be a bath of champagne. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. That's a good call. There should be a sports betting market. (laughs) What's he going to do next? Yeah. I'll be good. Thank you, Bolt. See you at the G. Go Blues. And they will know that they've been playing against the famous old dark blue.